Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. In personal development, the best thing you can do is have some form of metric where you can measure your development. And the easiest way to do this is with a simple diary. In this diary, write plans for the week, goals, and the subparts for each goal you need to do in the week. List thoughts, insights, and successes, and very importantly, list the things that made you happy. Go back through your day and think about things that made it Perhaps you did well at work, achieved a goal, had a special thing on or whatever. Chances are you did not have a lot of things happening. But as we are creatures drawn to happiness, you would likely have had many little things that happened that were good. Did you like the coffee on your break? Did you like the cute puppy that you patted? Or perhaps the shower was perfect temperature. Honestly, there are millions of these things And your goal here is to get 10 of them on paper. This sounds a little bit strange, right? But remember, we process only five to nine bits of information at any one time. Generally, a couple of these are what's happening on the inside. A couple are what's on the outside. And a couple is what's happening physiologically. That is your pulse, your movement. Therefore, If you have a couple of these primed on your internal thoughts and your past experiences, then it could be almost as much as half of your attention. Imagine if that was positive. If half of what you stood for was positive, then surely it would show on the outside too. By listing 10 positive things per day, the list builds up like a snowball going down a hill. Until you notice that you are generally happier, more peaceful, and life is better. This is one of those exercises that, when given the attention it deserves to complete over a month or so, lives are absolutely transformed. Along with this in your diary, notice where your energies are directed. A balance is required to help you become more fulfilled. By balance, it does not mean that you have to make physical, mental, social factors balanced by dedicating to achieving a certain percent to each department. Rather, look at your life and check where your energies go. And if you are missing parts of your life, each person is different. You have to correct it. But generally, career, creativity, intellectual pursuits, health, fitness, social, family, intimate relationships, and others such as success, personal growth, hobbies, and contributions, these are the general major areas. My advice is to plan prior. When performing, be there with your focus, then reflect later and check on how you did with where you were. By no means do you have to be balanced every single day. I've had to sacrifice a few weeks here and there for dedication to an all-important task, and these are few and far between but the extra push is sometimes required in one department to take you to that next level. And when you're finished with that task, you'll notice how important everything is that you've been neglecting while you were focusing on the task. 
This will drive you to balance, so trust your feelings in the process. And finally, if after a couple of weeks of learning about the Alpha Dude system, you start to slip back, there is one way you can get back in the game. It takes effort, but the results are worth it. It takes time, but that is our most important resource. So before you discount it, look at a day in proper perspective. Is an hour in the morning at the start of the day worth that much? Yes and no. No, it's not worth it. If that hour will not have a major effect on the rest of your day, as it will have cost you the opportunity to do other things. However, if it means that because of the hour, your day would be 10 times better than without it, your energy would be higher and you would go to bed that night on a high, would it be worth it? Of course it would. So what is this hour all about? Like I mentioned, this is not for everyone. But if you get stuck, take one hour every day to get ready for the day. First, give thanks and show gratitude for everything you have. Start with the obvious, material possessions, people, experiences, blessings. Move on to other things like freedoms, abilities, talents, and gifts. Individually list these. Then look at negative things and give thanks for the growth that you get from each of these challenges. There is no hero without an opponent, so give thanks for these things that you would normally resent. Next, prepare yourself, thinking about plans for the day, and ask yourself questions like, how can I make today the most amazing day ever? Why am I so lucky to have all of these endless opportunities? How can I change other people's lives entirely today? What would the world look like after I have spent the day living my ultimate potential? Your unconscious mind will sort for answers, and while it is doing this, you will start to improve. You'll start to move and speak with power, conviction, and strength. That is the altitude and the amplitude components. You'll start to use exercises from this book or others to get into the right headspace, the attitude, and then look at growing somehow. That's the aptitude component. Whether it's listening to the podcast, going for a run, reading a book, or self-reflection. A very important pointer is to remember that if you ask someone with low self-esteem questions, you will get different answers than if you ask some power broker. This applies to ourselves as well. If we are feeling unresourceful and we ask ourselves some of the questions that I just mentioned, it just doesn't seem to fit. The main change you can do whenever you are not feeling good is to change one aspect of the mindset. That is to go from hope to expectation. If you hope that you will have a good day or a meeting or whatever, it will probably seem like a pipe dream or a wish. If you expect the same situation to go well, really expect it, then you know that the answer that ensures will be the right one. So for example, the question, how can I make this day the most amazing day ever? From a hopeful frame, you could say, well, I hope that I can go to work, have fun, and hopefully not get into trouble. From an expectation frame, you'd be entirely different saying something to the effect of, today will be amazing. I feel that I have the power to do anything 
The best thing is even if anything bad happens, bring it on and bless the offender as it will move me out of my comfort layer. When I'm outside of my comfort zone and in the right headspace, I always have the best experiences. Your answers may vary, but your experience will be that the day is better and vastly improved simply by knowing it will be happening instead of wishing for it. Once you have embraced a strong power base in yourself, imagine all the ways you can positively affect others. From giving another person an opportunity to interact with a powerful person, to going an extra mile to help others and really loving them, things start to come together. See yourself becoming the cause of the effect in others' lives. See yourself growing while giving to them. Come back to the realization that you are powerful. That's from the alpha component and loving from the dude component. And that the combination expressed together can change lives. Finally, give yourself an entire hour to do the above. Gratitude, set intention, get internally and externally strong in yourself. And then from that power base, really love others. Do some mental exercises and physical exercises. Get all of the AAAA components, as I mentioned, get them all ready and own the day. The process should be initially one of cutting back to find the sweet spot. One hour per day may be required initially. But I would not expect anyone to maintain this process for even a couple of weeks. Starting at an hour is a good idea, then slowly cutting back to something as short to five to ten minutes. Anything shorter would mean that it doesn't get the attention it deserves, and anything longer would make it totally unsustainable. It takes up time and energy, but you know that by doing something like this, it will change your day for the better. So let's move on to some sort of exercise. The first one is looking at yourself and seeing yourself as actually being the alpha dude. This is where you develop a mental picture of yourself as the alpha dude. This is useful in all aspects of your life. Through having an image of yourself, you can put yourself into that desired state easier. And it is also useful in other exercises, including time play, which we'll discuss later, and visualization exercises. So, if you have any form of graded relaxation exercises, or if you're aware of the alpha pattern, go through this first. And then the next part is in your mind's eye. I want you to understand that you know that this is your universe and others are lucky to be part of it. You understand how you and your universe works and you are highly skilled in all that you need. You speak and move in the ways of the alpha dude. If you find this hard, just imagine role models of success. James Bond, charismatic sports stars, whoever. Just imagine you are taking on these qualities. Whenever modeling, that's basically taking on another's attributes, always be specific. One way is to take note of the person's four A's the attitude, aptitude, amplitude, and altitude. List at least five different qualities of each A. Then when you are done, 
Sum it up and apply it to yourself, taking on each attribute one at a time until you feel awesome. Now, make it more intense. Make it so that the colors are brighter. Put on an orchestra or a band in the background with music that's playing for you. Then imagine that you're getting bigger, perhaps double your size, maybe triple. You have the power coursing through your veins. You feel unstoppable. You make that feeling double once more, making every sense involved in the picture and making sure that you feel more and more intense about it. And then you internalize it, that this is me. This is the alpha dude. No one can stop this person. He is too powerful, too confident, yet relaxed. With all of these attributes, imagine yourself as a person in all future planning exercises. Now, a little warning. There is a chance that this exercise can actually set you up for failure. To go from being a no one to the world's most charismatic individual is a big step and not easy to achieve. You must realize that this is an exercise. Now, by using it as in all exercises, it's simply a guide for you in life. Through understanding this, You'll not feel terrible if you fail to achieve perfection like your mental picture of yourself. Obviously, the cognitive dissonance between your mental perception of yourself and you in the real world is somewhat considerable at the initial stages. But the general rule is that people who understand this as a process and see it for what it is actually refine their perfect image of themselves invariably to become an even more powerful version of themselves rather than some made-up construct. So if you like that exercise, we'll look at another one. The next one is kind of like going back to the future, in a sense. To take on the attitude of an alpha dude, you have three factors to consider, your past, present, and future. Various exercises can allow you to take care of your present, and planning correctly can lead to a positive future. However, the past is the total of who you are, and it's not easy to break free from it. This is where time play comes into its own. In talks about NLP in the future, I'll discuss time play and timeline in more detail, but for now, this is the basic exercise. The exercise is pretty abstract and it requires concentration. So before you do this, again, go through the progressive relaxation exercises or achieve the alpha pattern first and consider trying on all the exercises because many have found that different exercises positively affects their whole lives. Some exercises don't work for people, others do. Give them all a try and see what works for you. Time change is particularly special in allowing people to blast through the final frontier of change. So step one is to find out how you work with time. Now, this is simply a mental conception on how you view your timeline. Chances are that you're always on time and plan well, and therefore, if that happens, you'll see time in the past on your left side and time on the right side for your future if this makes sense. If you're always in the moment and you're running late and you're just always caught up with what's happening, then you're probably in your timeline. And that means that the future's right in front of you 
and the past is behind you. Next one. Decide upon a fault that you wish to correct, perhaps shyness or a certain fear. Next, imagine you're floating above your timeline with your front facing the future, so that would be facing the right side if you've got the timeline going left to right, or your front facing forwards, this is all a mental exercise, facing forwards if you're in the middle of your timeline already. And float back to the first time that you felt this emotion. Trust that your unconscious will take you to the first occasion. When you arrive there, to that instance, go back 20 minutes before this occasion happened. Now, float above the event as it takes place. As you are observing what happened, take in all details. What you did, how you responded, what happened, how you felt, and most importantly, what you learnt. Many times, an event happened like a potential threat that caused you to experience fear or another emotion. This meant that you would respond to similar future events with a fear pre-programmed in your psych. Now, you realize that this is how you start to condition responses. You're empowered to make the changes. After viewing the entire event and learning all you can about it, bring in your current self complete with the alpha dude qualities so that you're more powerful and more equipped than you could ever imagine. Then relive the event, but this time enter the event as the alpha dude and allow the outcome to unfold as you wish. Notice how you understand the context and you have the skill set so everything unfolds naturally and perfectly this time round. Then float back to the present, come back to reality and get ready to do it again. Repeat the exercise for the most recent time that you felt the failure. Then as many other times as you wish for different experiences where you felt that failure again, with a minimum of four times in total. After each event, when you return to the present, look back and see not only how it changed and affected your timeline in the past, but how it is likely to positively impact your timeline in the future. This will impact your future in amazing ways and it's highly effective in taking the power out of negative past experiences. There are many other exercises you can do with time play, but this seems to work the best for the intended purpose. Time play and other technologies will be discussed later as we go into some of the neuro-linguistic programming. But once you allow yourself to become free of your past negative issues, you can apply the present exercises. While planning for the future, nothing can stop you from being an alpha dude. Just one little caveat. For both of these exercises, obviously do them when you've got time that you can focus and also only do them for things that you can handle. If there's a severe trauma in the past, you know, get professional help. This is simply a podcast to help you 
take things up the next level, a personal upgrade, not to work through extreme traumas of the past. In the personal upgrade system, we must subtract the negative before we can add the positive. But have you ever considered subtracting the materialistic negatives? This is where the rubber hits the road and we reach true integrity, where what we think is what we say is what we do. To translate this step to the material is a more tangible risk and a whole system has been developed to address it. You've likely heard of it. It's called minimalism. This week we are joined by experts Beck and Tara of the Be Uncluttered podcast to explore this concept further. Minimalism is a lifestyle based around the idea of owning the fewest belongings as possible. There are many different definitions and many will disagree on how minimal you need to be to be classed as a minimalist. For some, it means living with whatever you can fit in a backpack. For others, it means only owning things that you truly need. Most minimalists will agree that it's a personal thing and many don't advocate throwing away everything, but instead being very intentional about what you do choose to keep in your life and to live on less without fear. Detractors often comment that minimalism is boring or cold or barren. Quite often minimalists are touted as people that only wear black and white and have clinical white homes, but that is a huge generalisation. By viewing minimalism as purely restrictive and based on self-deprivation, critics are missing the point. More likely, they're probably incorrectly describing a minimal aesthetic rather than a minimalist lifestyle, which can be far from boring, cold and barren. It's often described instead as rich, rewarding and based around indulging in experiences and relationships. Essentially, it's about getting rid of the things in your life that don't add value to bring the things that do to the forefront. You don't necessarily have to throw away all but a bag of your belongings to experience some of the benefits of minimalism, however. These can be gained merely from decluttering some of the stuff in your life. Just by practicing your own version of minimalism, you can change your life from a reactive one to a proactive one, from a passive life to an active life. You can change your life from an automatic one to an intentional one. When you own less stuff, you consume less and subsequently your impact on the environment reduces significantly. In the US, only 1% of total material flow through the consumer system is still in use after six months. The impact on our planet for only 1% to still be in use after six months is quite frankly catastrophic. When you can let go of belongings, you have less housework to do. Less stuff in your home means you have less stuff to clean, to store, move and maintain in the constant cycle of keeping your house clean and tidy. When you bring less into your life, you value what you own more. Everything you own are all of your favourite things and every day would be an exercise in gratitude. When you declutter your home, you have more time to spend on things that give you joy, like hobbies, relationships, experiences, rest, relaxation, stimulation and health. When you don't need much stuff, you have more time to spend with people that you care about because your time isn't taken up with all of the tasks that having things create. When you can choose to own less, you have more freedom and flexibility to change your life when you need to, such as leaving a job, moving house, or simply just going on a spontaneous holiday. When you've parted with things that don't give you value, you can own higher quality belongings and focus on having quality over quantity. 
When you curate your lifestyle, you can live in a smaller home, which means less expense and upkeep. When you own less stuff, you have room to allow new things into your life. When you declutter the excess, you are a better auditor of your life journey. You become more intentional and selective about who and what you allow into your life. When you shop less, you have better control of your finances. When you need less, your home is easier to keep clean and therefore much less likely to make you, or your visitors for that matter, ill. Minimalism is not supported by our Western cultures and economies which encourage consumerism to support economic resilience and worship material wealth. Our entire economies depend on us buying things, and a lot of them. If we all became minimalists overnight, our economy, as it stands right now, would collapse. Perhaps we shouldn't change our culture that dramatically and quickly, but you can change your little part of it. Just by stopping the automatic consumption of stuff, you can make a huge difference in your own life. Just by asking yourself, do I really need this? Will this add value? And do I have something that can already do this job? Can slow down the unconscious purchasing. Bringing things into your life with considered intention is key. We are constantly bombarded with messages that tell us either subliminally or explicitly that we would be happier, healthier, wiser, safer and more attractive if we buy things. The average person sees around 5,000 advertisements per day. And each one of these is reinforcing the message that we need that item to be a better version of ourselves. No wonder we feel dissatisfied with our lives. We are moulded into followers, into victims that do not make autonomous decisions, but have decisions made for us by our culture and by wealthy, powerful people wanting to be wealthier and more powerful. We are told by everything around us that we can't possibly be happy with what we have now and that there is always more happiness to be found at the local stores or online or even discarded by the side of the road. Acquiring something, it seems, is the key to becoming better. And unless we are always trying to be better, how can we possibly be happy? The trick is we can't because striving for better never ends. You can't ever achieve best because there is always better. Have a look at where you are now and then where you were 10 years ago. I bet if you told yourself 10 years ago how many extra gadgets, widgets and accessories you'd have by now, you'd think that you'd be completely fulfilled. If you told your former self of the pay you now take home, the job you now have and the car you now drive, your former self would think you'd hit the jackpot. So ask yourself, why are we feeling as miserable and as underachieving now as we did then? Maybe even more so. It's the message we are sold and the notion that we will never reach the bar because the bar keeps moving. Studies have proven that owning things is not what makes us happy. Happiness and wealth are linked only until just beyond poverty when the graph begins to quickly flatten and eventually plateau. What makes us happy essentially is helping others, acting mindfully and being grateful for what we already have. We need experiences, gratitude and connection to others, not more stuff. When you fill your life with things you don't need, you're becoming a follower in your own life. No longer an architect of your happiness, you're the labourer making something that someone else designed. Take back that control by being the boss of what comes into your life and you can create a life of meaning. This is what minimalism aims to achieve. It aims to provide a model for living and acquiring intentionally and making space for your life for what is truly important and valuable. It is not about wearing black and having a home that looks like a doctor's surgery, but rather about stepping away from the consumerist model that we have been conditioned to and living a rich, fulfilling life. 
If you'd like to learn more about the how and why of leading an uncluttered life, please join us, Beck and Tara, on the Be Uncluttered podcast. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com. If you liked the podcast so far, you will love Michael Pulser's new book coming out soon, Alpha Dude Personal Upgrade. In this text, we look deeper at the Alpha Dude system with many not-seen-before tools and techniques which will upgrade you so you can fulfill your potential. Stay tuned for details.